Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. I'm really excited to share this with you tonight. So I'm just going to get right into it. So tonight, my message is titled, Accepting His Solution. So I'm going to come from you from 2 Kings chapter 5. And it's a pretty common story, but it's the story of Naaman. He was the commander of the king of Aram's army. He was a great man, and he was highly regarded because through him, the Lord gave victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he got leprosy. And so, as most of us probably know, leprosy is a really bad disease. I mean, think about COVID. Think about how people, it was really upsetting and you had to distance, but this was like a whole nother level. Like you had to come into town and holler unclean, all these things. So he was a very blessed man, but this came into his life. And so it really, really changed him. And so he was trying to figure out what to do. He was likely panicked because this is not just a, you can't just take medicine for this type of disease and it can destroy your life. But Raiders from Aram came and took a young girl from Israel captive, and she served Naaman's wife. So I have to think that this girl heard about Naaman's wife. She was probably panicking too, thinking, what is my family going to do? She might have shared it with her. She might have shared it with others. And the captive girl listened and heard her panic, heard her just desperation for a solution. And we see in verse 3, that it says, she said to her mistress, if only my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. The girl in Israel was also in a bad situation. I mean, she had been taken from her home. She never knew if she was going to see her family again. She was just also, they were two people in a bad situation, but she chose to be kind and speak up and help Naaman anyway. And I think it's really important for us when we get in our situations, it's easy, not that things can't be hard and things can be extremely painful, but we can't shut down and decide that we are no longer capable of helping, that we are in too bad of a spot that we can't help push others forward. Because it would have been easy for her to associate Naaman with her captors and not help him. But luckily for Naaman, she could not sit silently about the might of the God that she served. And we need to get to a place where even when we're in the depths of despair, even when life is not going our way, that we serve a God who is mighty and more than able and capable of all things. And so we need to be able to put ourselves aside in our problems and make sure that he is glorified. She was able to remember who the real enemy is, and chose kindness and love. And it's so easy in this day and age for us to forget who the enemy is, to turn against each other in the church, in the workplace, at school, anywhere that we go. But we have to remember and we have to see. People can hurt us. We can be deeply, deeply hurt by people. But remember who the real enemy is and show love and kindness. And so Naaman went to his master, and there's two things to point out here. So first is the slave girl. She's a slave girl from Israel. She likely wasn't probably, she wasn't royalty. She wasn't a super, super special person. It says she's just a girl from Israel. But because she was able to put herself aside and glorify the Lord, spoiler alert, if you've never heard the story, Naaman at the end does get healed of this disease. But she played a huge part in this healing, just this little slave girl from Israel. So if you decide that you too will put yourself aside, 
and yet you will glorify the Lord. He will use you in mighty ways that you never thought were possible. Number two is Naaman was not so prideful in that moment that he disregarded what a captive girl from Israel said. And we have to understand that we cannot always figure it out on our own. And we want to. We think we can because we think in our minds that we have the perfect solution to every problem. But we don't. And we need to be able to hear from others and see what they have to say about things. Now, we have to use wisdom and discernment. We can't just listen from any old person. But be willing to listen to other people and their ideas and their solutions. Pray about it before you act. And so... His master sent him to Israel with silver, gold, clothing, and a letter to the king. And it says in verse 6 and 7, the letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I'm sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. The king panicked because he could not do the job of which he's being asked. And so let me tell you that putting your faith in the person that you have selected to do your miracle can greatly disappoint you. Because we don't have it all figured out. We have friends, we have mentors, we have people that can encourage us and can build us up. But we in and of ourselves cannot select the person, select how it's going to play out or you're going to be disappointed. Because we very clearly see the weakness of a man who is not equipped to perform the task. With God, we can do all things. All things are possible. But without the Lord... When it's not our place, we see that man is so very weak because we are weak. We are nothing without him. And so it's important that we listen to the Lord and we make sure that we don't have our faith in a person. We don't have our faith in what we think is best, but we have faith in the God we serve and that he is going to select the person, select the things that will happen in order to lead us to our solution. So do not put your faith where it does not belong. It's very important that you put your faith in him, not in others. And so in this case, Elisha did rescue the king from this situation. And we see that even though the king, the king's not the main character in this story, but the Lord will rescue you from your agony and confusion like he did the king. I mean, the king's thinking he's got this letter from this other king. He's thinking he might be trying to pick a fight. What if he's wanting to go to war? And he's stressed, and he doesn't know what to do. But luckily, Elisha steps in, and the Lord will step in in your mind. Just when you think, when you're confused, and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where I'm going to go to. The Lord will step in when the time is right, and he will save you and rescue you from those things. And just a side note, I love this story because you can see the Lord working through so many people, the king, the slave girl, Naaman, and characters that are to come. The Lord is working, and you can see the detail. He puts so much detail into your solution. It's not, like, it's not something that's thrown together, and I think that's something so important, is he didn't just look down and see, oh, this is happening. Oh, well, th- this person can help her, and this person can help her. No, it is so detailed, and it is so perfectly crafted that when you receive your solution, you, give him, you need to give him all the more praise because of how much time and effort that he puts into that. 
And so in verse eight, we see, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him a message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. We never have to worry about the Lord revealing himself in our situation. We never have to think that, oh, we're alone in this because the Lord knows when he needs to step in. He knows when he needs to reveal himself and make himself known in the situation. Because in Naaman's eyes, it's a good thing he listened to the slave girl, but he's probably thinking, I have brought all this gold and all these servants and all these things, and I'm coming to the king, and hopefully he's going to help me out. And he brings the letter to the king, and the king rips his clothes tears his ropes. And so he's probably thinking everything's down the drain. He's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But behind the scenes, the Lord is using Elisha. He tells Elisha to send him to, the, to him, to his house. So you don't have to worry because behind the scenes, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your panic, in the midst of your anxiousness, the Lord is preparing to reveal himself unto you. And so Naaman goes to Elisha with all his things. It's probably like a parade. I mean, he's got this gold, he's got this silver, these servants. So it's probably like a little parade rolling up to the house. And so we see in verse 10 through 12, it says, Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely Come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. Wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Parfa the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went away in rage. And this right here is why it is so important for us to live a life of humility. Because Naaman was a great man. He was very respected and he was very blessed. But sometimes when we get respect, when we're respected and blessed, we think that we deserve more than what the Lord is giving to us. And it's very important. We cannot live in a mindset that we are worthy of more than what the creator of life itself is giving us. It is important that we know our place. We know that he is the God of the impossible, that he can use us in mighty ways. But without him, we are nothing. Nothing, and we deserve nothing, but we need to accept and be grateful for what he does give us. Jordan was also angry. I mean, Naaman was also angry that he had to go get into the Jordan River. If you know anything about the Jordan River, or if you don't, the Jordan River is a nasty river. It's icky. You can't see the bottom. There's probably a lot of stuff floating around in there, and it's not really something that you want to get. It. Has anyone ever been to Biloxi, Mississippi? Ever seen the beach down there? If you haven't, it's a disgusting beach. Like, you don't want to go get in that water. It is nasty. So Naaman's thinking more along the lines of Destin or Seaside or all those kind of beach beaches. And the Lord's saying, you need to go to Biloxi. You need to go get in that water. And so he's upset about that. But I think it's really important. I also think that the Jordan is symbolic here. There's a lot of symbolism in the Bible, but the Jordan, I believe, can symbolize us in a way. We have, we have done so many things wrong. We have sinned. We have come short so many times. And a lot of the times when we're called to something, it looks like there's better options. Those rivers, it's called Farfur and Abana, those probably look like better options to, what, to the cure, to heal him. But the Lord used the Jordan. 
And the Lord will use us as a tools. Even though we're broken, even though it looks like there's better options, it's very important for us to remember that though we're broken, though we're dirty inside, he cleans us up and he will use us anyway. But in order to be used, we must be willing to plunge ourselves into whatever the Lord sees fit for us. And we can't overthink our solution. We can't, we can't, right here in this situation, it doesn't always run river seven times. That was from the Lord. That was straight from the Lord. And sometimes we hear straight from the Lord, sometimes we don't. But when we do, we think, well, this would have been a better option. Like he thought, those, river, those other rivers, they would be a better option. I think this would go better. But it's really not about what we think it's better. It's about obedience. It's about listening. And it's about honoring what the Lord is telling us to do in so many situations. We must honor him and we must be obedient to what he says the solution is. So don't ask for a way out of your mess and deny what the Lord is offering you. We cannot deny what he places before us. Because I think a lot of times we think of it as like a deal or no deal situation. I don't know if you've seen the show, played the game. I love that game. That's one of my favorite games. But you pick your little cases and then you try to pick the ones with the lowest numbers because you want more tickets. And then at the end, after you pick your five cases, you call the bank and it says, we are, we're going to offer you 25 tickets, deal or no deal. And you have to think, well, maybe I can make, get a better deal. This is not the case with God. The first solution that he is going to offer you is always going to be your better solution. He can have mercy on us and he can show us other ways, but don't be afraid to do what the Lord is presenting before you. And so after Naaman stomped off in rage, he was upset about that situation. He was all in his feelings. He was like, well, this is crazy. I can't believe I went all, came all the way up here and I have to go get in a nasty river. His servants came and put him in check. And we see in verse 13 that Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? It's really important for us to surround ourselves with people that have our best interest in mind. We can have acquaintances and we can be nice to everyone, but the people that you hold close, it's important that they are going to push you toward your better self, that they're going to help encourage you to do what's right. Because had he not had those servants, Naaman could have just went home. He could have not been healed and he could have missed his miracle. So you need to have people in your corner that are going to support you, that are going to love you, and that are going to tell you like it is. I have a friend in high school. Her name's Emma. I can always count on her if I ask her, hey, is this cute? She's going to tell me no if it's not. She will always let me know. And if I'm being in a silly situation, if I'm like, should I do this? She'll be like, no. What are you even thinking? And I also know that if I called her right now about a serious situation, that she would tell me what to do. She would be like, Jaden, you need to do this because she loves me. And it's important for us to find people that love us and want what's best for us. And so we see in verse 14, it says, So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. All he had to do was go dip himself in a nasty river. I mean, it really was such a simple, it seemed like such a big thing. He could have had to do all these sacrifices and stuff, and had he waited, had he not taken this opportunity, he might have. It might have been more complex. So, Remember, again, don't overthink the solution. Take the solution and do as the Lord says. 
And so after that, Naaman then knew that there was no God like the God of Israel. And he wanted to give Elisha gifts, but Elisha declined. And it's important for us on the other side when we're not dealing with things, but we are helping people, that we aren't working for earthly rewards. We're working for the eternal rewards. And I think so many times we think that we should, oh, if we do this, maybe they'll bless us with a meal. Or if we do this, maybe they'll send me on a cruise or vacation or whatever. But the thing is, it's not this, 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 this. I do this, they give me that. It's I do this, they, I get this in the end. We get heaven in the end. So remember, the eternal reward is so very important. And ministry is not a reward system. And after all this, Naaman collected earth for his sacrifices that he wanted to make to God, and he went home. And we aren't exactly sure what happened. It doesn't say what Naaman did when he got home, but he was a great man. He had a great position. He was very blessed. So it's likely that he went home and that he returned to his position, and he probably told people all about the Lord and what he had done for him. He obviously brought back earth and made these sacrifices, so he continued to work, and he witnessed. So if the musicians would come up at this time. My final point for tonight is don't sit on your solution. Do not sit on what the Lord, on your healing, on whatever the Lord has done for you. Don't sit on it. And I was reading the other night in Luke, and in Luke chapter 4, verses 38 and 39, it talks about Simon's mother-in-law. And so it says, this was after Jesus had been at the synagogue, and he had cast out demons, and he had done a lot of things. So Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And she got up at once, and she began to wait on them. Now, I don't think anyone would have been upset if she wouldn't have immediately jumped up and helped them out and waited on them because she had been really sick. But she chose to do that anyway. Not only did she walk in her victory, she worked in her victory. So we need to remember, after the Lord has done a great thing for us, we need to serve. We need to continue expanding the kingdom so that we can help others. And something that really is important, that really caught my eye about this, is Jesus was there. She was talking to Jesus. Jesus is the one who healed her. But Jesus didn't say, get up and make us some food, or get up and do this, or get up and do that. He didn't tell her what she needed to do, but that didn't stop her from serving. And I think that's so important for us to remember that just because the Lord doesn't direct you, and he doesn't tell you exactly what you need to do, he doesn't tell you, I need you to work in kids ministry, or I need you to be on the welcome team, or I I need you to be on the worship team, that doesn't excuse any of us from stopping serving, from sitting back in the pew and just deciding, oh, I'll wait till he tells me. Because if you will serve, if you will put forth the effort, if you will sacrifice your time, he will honor you for that. And if you're going in the wrong direction and he wants to redirect you, he will do that for you. So serve no matter what, no matter if you don't know what to do, serve no matter what. Other examples are the woman at the well was forgiven and went straight into the town to tell people about Jesus. The man at the pool picked up his mat and walked like Jesus said, and as soon as he knew who healed him, he made it known to the officials. And David continued serving the Lord after the mercy was shown for him murdering Uriah and his sin with Bathsheba. You were given your solution 
so that you can serve, so that you can encourage, and so that you can help others receive theirs. We have to serve. We can't give up. It's so, I think that's what happens a lot of times is you think after we receive our solution, we have this fire maybe initially to go and to help others, but then it burns out and we forget. So accept your solution. But remember it as well. Remember what God did for you. And remember that we are unworthy, that we, don't, that we need to live a life of humility, and that we need to continue to serve always. So if you guys will stand with me. I'm finished. I do have an altar call for you guys. Um, if, you need, if you're not sure, if you're in a problem and you don't know what your solution is, or maybe you know what your solution is, but you're having a hard time accepting it. Or if you're on the other side and you just want to have that heart of, Lord, let me serve no matter what. I know what you've done for me and let me never forget. Then I just want to pray with you tonight. And if you guys will sing, I'll be right up front.
for a minute again. the voices. I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here again? All I want, cause all I time would you just lift your hands all across the sanctuary come on just praise him hallelujah 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 how many of you know he's got a solution for you may not be exactly the way you think it's supposed to be but he has a solution for your every situation he'll bring it to pass if you'll accept it for him. How many of you want to accept what he has for you here tonight? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jaden, for letting the Lord use you here tonight. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at startvillecog.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.